Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf signature polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. You know when you're golfing, the sun's beating down and you want to take your shirt off because of the heat? These polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? Time to get new ones that will make you stand out on the course. You need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable slim fit that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the boys. It can be tough to get the perfect golf polo, but Mahler Bros provides a product that looks great, fits great, and is effective when that sun is beaten down. You can also grab these perfect polos at the Belly Up t-shirts collection by going to maulerbros.com backslash bellyup. Mauler Bros doesn't only have polos, they have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that family get-together. Maybe a date. Who knows, maybe even at a college basketball game where you're witnessing the theater. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's spelled M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. Again, 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. And of course, feel good. Play good. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi alongside me, Taylor Dammel. We're back after about a week hiatus. Good to have Taylor back. He's back from Cabo. We'll get into all of that. Looking very tan, my boy. Uh, we're brought to you by Belly Up Media. Go download, subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever device it is that you use. Your College Hooper of the day, Najee Marshall, former forward from Xavier. Getting some nice minutes in the NBA. Getting some nice minutes 
for the New Orleans Pelicans. Who knows what's going on with Zion in the future? Maybe Najee Marshall will uh, assume a bigger role, but I remember how good of a player he was there for the Musketeers. I think Chris Mack recruited him there because, I mean, there's no way Travis Steele did. No offense, Travis. But Najee Marshall, he is your college hooper of the day. Check out the website at theaterandcollegehoops.com and make sure to follow me at CBB Theater to find out where the feet is. You should also follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel. Let's open the curtains. Welcome back, man. You look wonderful. How was Cabo? It was a uh, short uh, trip, just like three, four days, four days for my sister-in-law's birthday. Um, hadn't been there in a few years, uh, but I do and I do kind of forget how easy it is to hop down there from Phoenix. You know, I mean, it's only an hour and 15 minute flight. You're pretty much you, you could leave your front door and you're pretty much at your on the beach and about a four and a half hour stretch. So, I mean, that's pretty good, but yeah, I got roasty toasty met an absolute ton of U of a fans down there too, which I mean, it's, it's again, it's not far from Arizona. Right. So, uh, my, For my a wife, particular weekend reason though, like, I mean, it's not spring break. It wasn't even a weekend. We went, we went there on Sunday to, to, to Wednesday. So there a summit that I wasn't invited to. You no, know, I don't know. But so uh, my, my wife hates this because Whenever I put any U of A attire on, not in Phoenix, because half the people here are U of A folks, right? But anywhere else in the country, I'm like, all right, Dan, let's, Danielle, I call her Dan. Uh, I, I, I say, okay, so let's count the number of minutes it takes for me to get a bear down. And she's like, and she's always like, oh, this is just so dumb. Like, this is never going to happen. And literally, like, I'm walking through, like, the Kalispell airport. I get a bear down. I'm walking through, like, you know, whatever. I'm at the pool. I meet four uh, other real estate agents that all work for my company in, but in Tucson, uh, like some parents of some U of a folks uh, came over. You said some older folk couple down here was like, Oh yeah, we live in Tucson. And I'm, and so all my group that I was with was like, uh, was making fun of me. They were like, is this what happens every single trip you go on? And I'm like, Hey, this ain't a fucking hobby. Okay. I like wear this type of stuff around for a reason. I know, I know what happened. So, but yeah, good, uh, good, good stuff down there in, in Cabo. We pretty much, uh, as, as you all know, Danielle is pregnant. So we just kind of, we just kicked it pretty much at the pool, uh, mostly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know how is it, how is it now traveling? Cause you've done travels obviously with your wife, even when you were dating and she wasn't pregnant. How's it differ? 
Um, now that she's got a human inside her. Well, it is going to places like Cabo for a birthday party when we're the only people away from kids. Everyone else on the trip has multiple kids. So they were kind of, you know, for two of the, uh, one of the couples, I should say, uh, this is their first trip in like three or four years. You know, they had kids right before COVID and then one during COVID. So they weren't, you know, weren't traveling. And so, so yeah, it was a little tough for Danielle because everyone else was la- letting their hair down and Danielle was just posted up drinking uh, virgin pina coladas. But, uh, <laughs> what a yeah. pause, by the way. She was just posted up drinking dot, dot, dot. Yeah. yeah. Well, virgin it was really, there you go. it was really funny. She went, she did end up grabbing, a, uh, bring down two Coronas from our room for me. And I'm like, Maybe like tuck them away. I, you know, like I don't want I don't want someone to think that you're like hammering some coronas by the pool as a 22 week uh, pregnant uh, woman here. But uh, no, it was good. It was a uh, it was relaxing. Let's put it that way. And honestly, this is huge for you, Sue. Just keep this in your back pocket potentially for any future uh, plans you may or may not have. And that is that there's no necessity to like Irish goodbye or anything when your wife is pregnant. That's literally the excuse, you know, when Danielle's tired and I'm like, yeah, I could probably, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of tired of hanging here, you know, like, oh yeah, Dan's just a little tired. We got, you know, it's like- I mean, in, in order to Irish goodbye, you have had to commit and show up. I would even go so far as to say that a pregnant wife is a great reason to not even commit and show up oh, totally like yeah, obviously totally. you know Cabo is a little different but if it's like hey let's go to happy hour let's go to this party let's go out tonight it's like I'd rather just get a deep dish pizza in my fat pants and sleep under a blanket <laughs> and it's because my wife's pregnant sorry that's yeah. why yeah sorry yeah sorry yeah you don't even uh, have to sorry. Irish goodbye but you're right if you're in that position if you've already made the mistake of committing you do have that right. in your back pocket and you really right? I think I'm over I'm still learning we're all still learning involving right the my wife's pregnant and is tired or is it what you don't even have to go that far oh why why are you guys thought oh sorry we can't come danielle's pregnant you know so like oh okay yeah we get oh yeah she's got oh she's i'm sure she's tired or whatever you don't even have to like elaborate you don't have to come up with an excuse like the excuse is the pregnancy and that alone so that's beautiful uh in a way right there yeah so there's there's no need to offer any additional context hey i want to go back though to the whole bear down thing and this might be a This might be a question that I pose to our theater goers for whatever, you know, school that they root for, whatever their slogan is, right? Where's the most obscure or random place that you've gotten a salutation of your school? So obviously in our case, that's a bear down. Uh, I don't know, Baylor, you'd say Sikkim, right? Where's the most obscure random place? For me, it was actually when I was in India in 2017 and I was wearing, I was flying That's, that's incredible. That's It incredible. was, dude. So I'm in, I'm in Delhi. I feel like I've told you this story before, but it's worth sharing for the theater goers because I think they'll enjoy it. I'm, I'm wearing an Arizona sweatshirt, flying home uh, in the Delhi airport. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, you know, excuse me, taps me on the shoulder. He's like, does, does bear down mean anything to you? I'm like, look, I suppose that's, you know, one could argue that's my credo for the past five, six years since I graduated from that school. But he definitely, definitely thought he didn't say it explicitly, but I'm, I had the wherewithal to understand and acknowledge and know that he definitely thought I was some sort of make a wish kid where (laughs) I like, I like, I, I, I don't know, maybe I was, um, impoverished or, uh, under, you know, uh, I don't know. One of those, one of those kids that just got free gear. Um, 
And he asked me that. And then I spoke perfect English with no accent from, from your orphanage. You grew up in cause you're Indian and you're in India. Yeah. yeah right. I, I, and, and like, he definitely thought that I, I, I like got this gear basically. And, you know, I think when he said, do you know what bear down means? And I basically said, yeah, you know, and then I added some layers of, of questions, like asking him Tucson specific things. I think he was kind of taken aback, like, oh, 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 this kid is an ABCD, which in the Indian community is an American born confused Desi, which is exactly what I am. I don't speak Hindi. I'm not very good at religion. I'm, I, I mean, I'm not even religious. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I, I, during my wedding, I could barely talk in the language, uh, but I had to do it. But I remember getting a bear down in the Delhi airport and knocking this guy's socks off. It was quite an experience. Boy, that is that's way better. I was just gonna say, I think uh, in Positato, uh, Italy, is when I got one. Um, you know, small town on our honeymoon. Um, I actually met some great uh, people from LSU that have LSU football season tickets on that. I actually still continue to text, even though they're like in their fifties and sixties. Like uh, what did L- when LSU beat Alabama this year, right? Yes, football. Ye- I think they did. Yes, uh, in overtime or in some or, or I think it must goal or some work. some crazy shit. Yeah, um, I texted him and he's like, "Let's go, motherfucker!" You know, he was like, "He's just." I'm like, "This is great." I'm like, "What a connection." He so we're talking to him, um, and then another group from another uh, I can't remember what school they went to uh, was there. And then, uh, yeah, then someone walks by and gives a, gives me a bear down. And I was like, where are we? Are we even in Italy? Like, it's just just American college sports fans just sitting here on the on the coast here. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, that. That's what I would say. I mean, there's always like the I would say if I wasn't from there, like North Pole, Alaska would probably be high on the list for people to say. But I am from there. So that's not random for me. Um, I just would be random for everybody else. Yeah, I, I just picture an Ohio State fan walking around Italy and they just randomly hear, I don't know, on the gondolas of Venice, someone just go, OH. And it's like, uh, do you know Amadeo de la Valle? Is that why you're giving me that? Yeah, great Italian college basketball. Are you? Player. Are you Amadeo de la Valle? Yeah. <laughs> might be. Might be. Uh, hey, you also, look, we always talk about airports on there. That was sort of the Sharks thing. He grades airports. He's still got that Twitter thread going. I think he was in Wilmington, North Carolina, most recently. Uh, I could be mistaken, but that is a bit that we sorely missed. Taylor, you wanted to pick up on this and discuss the little Cabo airport. Yeah. So I, last time I was in Cabo, the whole airport was like under construction. So didn't get a good feel for it. And Cabo, I think part of the um, grading of the airports is more so not about the arrival or the departure as much as it is the, if you have like a two, three hour layover there. Uh, can you make it? I know the arrival and departure are, are also important parts of the program here, but Cabo is not a place that you connect through to anywhere, but you are at the mercy of when the shuttle can take you or pick you up from your resort or whatever. So sometimes you do have to arrive two or three hours before your flight. Like we did uh, when we were there, it was like three hours beforehand. Super nice place though. And great in my opinion, had a nice little bar selection. I like airports that give you options. This place had your four or five traditional like restaurant or, you know, airport bars and restaurants, but they also had like the food court action with like various, very stereotypical American, like Subway, Carl's Jr., Sparrow, like every mall. But I like that because half the time you get people clogged up at the bar and restaurant because they just want like a salad but there's no other place to, to buy it, right? 
so they so they just sit in the bar and like you or we want to sit there and have a beer and watch whatever game is on. So I like that they give you the option of like, yeah, you could just go sit in the food court if you're not interested in, in all of this uh, drinking. Plus this is, you know, just a Mexican thing in general, like as in the country of Mexico. And that is you can just t- take your beer and walk anywhere in the airport. Well, I mean, you could do that in some airports here in the States, right? Right. But I mean, like, that's just, all, that's just Mexico. Like in you can do that in general, Everywhere. right? Yeah. Right. So that was kind of like even getting, like if you go out of the Cabo airport, the first thing you hit is like four bars that are, well, you wait for your shuttles and you just get, you just, it's so surreal. You just take your glass Corona and they're like, yeah, grab an extra one for the road. And you're like, sick. Okay, cool. Um, again, I know that's everywhere in Mexico, but it is kind of a you know, funny thing to remember when you're going there. They're just like, oh yeah, that's right. Like just grab a beer and you can pretty much do anything uh, from there with that beer in hand. Meanwhile, I'm flying in and out of O'Hare for the most part, and I got to take a bunch of stops back to get into the city. I mean, obviously, O'Hare is technically Chicago, but it's not close to the real action of the city, and it's cold when you get out. It's still like 40 degrees here, man, and I understand that's what I signed up for, Taylor. You and I have a huge gripe of people actively moving to cold-weather cities and then complaining about it. I I, I, I don't want to say I'm complaining about it, but I'm getting a little impatient. How about that? I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say that, but it's it's going to be worth the wait. Um, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. A lot of I mean, jibber jabber here. Start. You're in the well. I mean, that's all that's going on in college basketball right now. It's pretty it's much just that and trans- yeah. personnel changes, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, you this time of year in Chicago has to be just like what like late September, early October is here for us when it's like okay, we get it. It's 104 degrees. It's time. It's it, it's time to, to go down the other side. Like we've done this for long enough this year. Let's go, you know, or like right now today in Anchorage, Alaska and in Fairbanks, Alaska, it's snowing today. And shoot, it just snowed in Green Bay, Wisconsin yesterday or two days ago, where it's that one kind of like reminder where it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We still do live in Alaska or in, uh, you know, Wisconsin or whatever, where it's like one more one more F you before the before the summer comes, you know, so yeah, yeah I, you're getting there. You're you're close, man. You're close. I got 65 degrees on Friday. I would do like three months worth of dry cleaning of Buzz Williams or any other sweaty coach. I'll do their dry cleaning for three months just to get 65. So I'm looking forward to that. But what you also got to do, Taylor, I'm probably putting you on the spot here. Do you have a corollary for the Cabo airport in terms of college basketball teams. Who do you think you could relate them to the most? Hmm. <laughs> well, just if we can be really, uh, I guess, what have you done for me lately? FAU, maybe smaller, not, you're not passing through FAU. You have to kind of end up there intentionally. Um, fresh clean um up and coming i think maybe maybe fau would be and accomplishes everything you set out to accomplish when you go you know when you either start the basketball season or go to the airport way to think on your toes i like that um i don't know if you've noticed here taylor but i got a little victory milkshake recording this after the celtics absolutely drubbing the sixers which i was obviously thrilled about not so thrilled about game one our teams locked up Deadlocked, one-one series. You're a Heat fan, obviously. Celtics fan over here. Over here, excuse me. The East, um, both series now best of fives. I mean, Jimmy Butler's Michael Jordan, but here's the Jesus here's the, Christ, <laughs> that guy. 
It's absurd. Um, never, and maybe speaking of corollaries or comparisons, um, I can't think of a player that is a star. Like Jimmy's, Jimmy's a star in the NBA, right? But like, my mom doesn't know who Jimmy Butler is, y- y- you know, but he's a star amongst basketball fans. But then who just turns into a superstar freak like in the playoffs. I can't think of a, a, pl- a person that is quite like that. You know, Jimmy's got great stats throughout the regular season. He's a guy that's going to go probably go, you know, 22, 23 a game, six boards, six assists, you know, whatever. Just kind of like a, you know, a good lead guy, play good defense, both end of the court. But in the playoffs, it's like, no, how you guys want 50 every night. <laughs> and, and nobody else even has to participate on the team. Um, really, though, I, the big thing that I, I want to ask you is how do you feel about the heat? like having like five days between their games it's i mean i i gotta think it's something to do with geography right i think that that bodes well for the heat obviously want to get jimmy jimmy healthy but in looking at the other so i think the warriors lakers series what's that only like a two-hour flight i think that's every other day and six or celtics hour and a half flight Maybe less than that. I, I can't tell you. I, I haven't flown that in a long time, but that's every other day, right? Their next game is is on Friday. So I have to think geography has something to do with it. Like Florida and New York are not very close, but I mean, I think this bodes well for for the heat, right? I mean, get oh, especially because Jimmy got hurt. And I mean, the Knicks, look, say what you want about the Celtics, but they came out of the East last year. They always bounce back, it seems like, which was so goddamn annoying about them. I know your question's about the Heat, but the Celtics, no, keep going. They, they respond so well, but they, they should not be in a position in which they have to respond. Why are you losing game one without Joel Embiid? And then you're like, oh, well, maybe we didn't bring the effort. Bro, I've heard that for three straight years. Uh, and then they go out and, and smack them in game two, so they responded, well, let's see what they do in Philly, and they got to deal with a Friday night crowd when Joel Embiid gets his MVP trophy in the building. But uh, the Heat, man, they just like I feel so much better about the heat over the Knicks after two games. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson went crazy, but you know, you get that back at, uh, in Miami and look, South Florida is having a glow up right now with the Panthers as well. I, yeah, the heat, I mean, it really goes, you and I were talking about this via text the other day. Um, how there are still detractors of Eric Spolstra out there in the world is absurd to me. He's the best um, coach in the league. I don't think it's really even particularly that close at this no. point. I mean, Popovich is always going to hang around, even if he sucks. Even if he sucks as a coach at some point, which we might already be there. But even if he sucks as a coach, he's still going to have the. Yeah, I think he, he's still going to have the name cachet and the, and the, all that type of stuff that people are going to put him in that conversation. I know some people don't love Steve Kerr. I like Steve Kerr, not just because he's a U of A guy, but I just like how they, you know, obviously he's an integral part of the Warriors dynasty, let's call it. But Spolster just, I mean, this guy is is taking like, this is like, Spolster is when your mom, you're texting your mom, hey, can you bring me home something to eat? And she's like, we got food at the house. And you look at the in, at the at the food and you're like, we don't got shit at the house, mom. Like I need you. You need to pick some stuff up because we don't got shit here. And then mom comes home and whips up like some three course, like five star dinner. And you're like, there were like bean sprouts and like ch- cheese in the, in the fridge. Like, how did we come up with this? That's Eric Spolstra coaching the heat right there. I agree. I agree. Um, 
where's he from? Portland State or Portland? He's Portland. Yeah. I think he's Portland. I think he's a pilot, but I totally agree. I, th- I love that comp. And I've said it the last couple of years, and maybe it's me just being an arrogant prick, but Celtics blow a ton of opportunities. And some of those have come to the heat. You think about the 2020 bubble. I still stand on it. I have these stupid arguments with my heat friends, not including you, but they're like, so you, you think, you think the Celtics were the better team? Absolutely, dude. Yes, I think the yes. Celtics are a better team. But Eric Spolster is awesome. Jimmy Butler is awesome. Bam shows. But like, I, I feel confident. I, I feel for me personally, and maybe this is how I'm, I'm looking at basketball in an incorrect fashion, but I'm nervous when I have to go up against a Trey Young who can drop 35 plus any night. James Harden doing what he did. A healthy Embiid, I mean, we'll see if we get him, but a healthy Embiid, he already dropped 52 on the Sixers. When I look at the Heat, and obviously Jimmy Butler's had monster games. He had 50, I think, against the Bucks in essentially what was the closeout game to go up 3-1. to one. But when I think of the Heat, I'm just like, am I supposed to be afraid of seven undrafted players? Am I supposed to be afraid of Caleb Martin? Max Struess has shown to be a good three-point shooter, but he was like, that's the other thing. You guys were not a good shooting team in the regular season, and all of a sudden, you're flamethrowers. So in looking at the Heat's roster, and it's basically basically what you don't look at and what you overlook, I suppose, for me, is the intangibles and the matchups. And Spo is a mastermind at that. He coached circles around Stevens. He can he honestly may have coached circles around Ime Yudoka. People forget that the Celtics probably should have closed out in six in, in the garden. They didn't do it. And they had a big lead in game seven. I was actually at the Sharks wedding during that. Jimmy Butler still could have won that series for them. So yes, Eric Spolstra, without a doubt. Wild. Yeah, I that mean, game we were seven was wild. Three like, sheets to the wind, dude, with like our nuts in our bellies. Cannot not well, believing we were doing this again. Oh man, I mean, pre- I, I think even I think Mike Breen was calling that game. I think I think it was an ESPN game. Um, I don't. I think they even took an extra minute or two of actual game time to understand what was happening. Because what did they have a fifteen point lead? Or something with like three minutes left, or something like that. Four something minutes left, crazy. and it was like, yeah, the Heat are just giving up, and or you know, it's over. They're talking about going to the finals, and then I'm kind of sitting there like, well, still within range. I remember uh, we had a couple, I think, uh, some listeners to the program as well, Travis and Dom. I think we're over at my house here, and and I'm like, wait a se- wait a second, like you know, and then and then Jimmy had like a steal and an and one or whatever, and, and like wait, this is only like nine, and I think and. Green, I think, is still talking about like, well, yeah, this is the mat, the potential matchups, and and I think some hero hits a three, and it's like, wait a second, <laughs> like this is like a six point game, yeah. So, um, that that was wild, but really, if you look at the Heat, they are probably one of the five most successful teams of the last three years, four years in the NBA, even though that they haven't haven't even been higher than like a six, four, five, six seed at the best. What I mean, was your, the, what was your, what's your date range? Uh, like since COVID or, you know, like 2019, oh, yeah. 20, you know, and it's like, but nobody was going to, nobody would be like, yeah, the heat have had, have crushed it the last couple of years. It's like, well, they went to a finals, made the playoffs and then were one shot away from going to another finals. There, no, there's not a lot of other teams that have done that in the last uh, handful of well, years here. So Celtics have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, so. the Celtics have, I mean, obviously the Warriors, and then Bucks, 
am I missing a champion in there somewhere? Lakers. Lakers. <laughs> they, yeah, but they sucked after that. Mickey I mean, Mouse. we'll see what they're doing this year. Mickey Mouse championship, though. But um, so if that's a Mickey Mouse championship, what's yeah, the I appearance? Know, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know, I know, exactly. But um, yeah, the. I, the Warriors too are just. Um, I know you had your uh, you had your little rant about them. Well, it's really more about their fans than it is about about them. Yeah. Uh, well, I, but, I, it, dude, it, game one. By the way, when I was watching Lakers Warriors, I was like, it really started to sink in how much I loathe both team and fan base. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy that like Steph is just so automatic at just doing. I mean. If the only player better at doing what Jimmy Butler does is Steph, it's just being like, no, okay, this is my game now, and uh, I'm pretty much going to score from anywhere and do whatever I want. And I'm 35, and I don't care. Uh, I'm still somehow getting better and somehow playing really good basketball. So, um, I mean, the Warriors have. If the Warriors, I, I think the Warriors have a fine path to get to the finals again. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, people overreact after game one all the time and it was a great win for the Lakers. I think it's going to be difficult, but they definitely have a good path. Right? Well, they're not going to get any rest. Like we were just talking about, they're not going to, the Lakers are not going to get any rest and they're not deep enough and they're old and they were gassed at the end of the, the game one. So, um, and I think honestly, if, if you give me heat Celtics again, I'm ha I'm thrilled with that because I'm thrilled I, with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but don't get, don't even, don't even give me heat Sixers though. Uh, yeah. Jimmy's going to score 65 points a night. If he plays the Sixers. Momentum's momentum's a hell of a drug, but these playoffs, these playoffs have been super fun. I mean, that's Steph performance in game seven. Unbelievable. And like you said, Celtics giving up leads. When I texted you last night to start recording this, I think they were up 27 with six minutes to go in the game. And I was like, I feel pretty confident they're not going to piss this one away. So let's, let's go ahead and get into this. Speaking of getting into it, I know we just chatted about for 27 minutes about airports in the NBA. Uh, let's dive into some college hoops here though, Taylor and the big name, the big name, the last couple of weeks in the transfer portal, everyone has like, you remember Brittany watch, like South Park, it's Brittany Welch. Like this is, it's Hunter Dickinson watch now. And I think the teams that he's considering going to, Villanova, Maryland, hometown Maryland, Kansas, Kentucky, maybe he heads back to Michigan, Georgetown, and Syracuse. Let me start with this, Taylor. Let me start with this. I don't care about the lead up and the speculation. Maybe that makes me a bad college basketball fan. Maybe I should have my podcast revoked for a million reasons, including this one. I've just never gotten into the speculation because it's like, what, what is setting up alerts for these insiders and all these people uh, to, to say there's a possibility X, Y, and Z happens. It's the same thing with NBA free agency. I actually enjoy NBA free agency the second it's official. And then I like to go kind of see what happens after that. We can actually start putting together, uh, you know, things of that nature. But this is like, I didn't say it has everything to do with NIL. Hunter Dickinson's a very good player. I've been seeing a lot of folks the last couple of weeks kind of being like, well, what has Hunter Dickinson really done to elevate Michigan? It's like, you would kill for Hunter Dickinson on your team right now. Shut the hell up. He's a very good player. He's a difference maker. I just don't care. And I feel like there's something wrong with me, Taylor, where 
Like I should be getting excited about this, but I'm really not. And I'm almost at the point where I'm like, you know, I'm not going to rush the kid. I hope he's enjoying this whole thing, but I'm like, just do it. So I can sort of see what the landscape is for that team, that roster, that uh, conference and what it, what it looks like moving forward. Do you like, I don't know. Do you care? Well, well, I mean, it's kind of like why you're not into recruiting. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all speculation in in a way. Um, At least we know Hunter Dickinson is good, which makes it a little different, but talk about, I mean, the Hunter Dickinson deal is our really first, I think really, really good example of what NIL and the transfer portal and everything have, how it's changed college basketball. We've always had example, little examples here and there as it relates to recruiting, but just like you, there are major college basketball fans who don't even really necessarily lo- care about recruiting. They care about, and a lot of those people skew older. Like if you look at the older crowd that goes to college basketball games and, and our season ticket holders, they don't, they didn't watch their ball is life mixtape of the, you know, whoever five-star recruit that's coming in, you know, they, Oh yeah, we heard he's really good, you know, whatever. But so this is a little different because it's a little bit like free agency, though, where it's a big name guy. And it's and it, it is especially when you have schools like Kentucky that have just psychotic fans about this stuff, too. I mean, you're just going to get a thousand articles a day written about it. Not that the other schools aren't big, but Kentucky in particular, they have a, a, a unique fan base in, in how they approach this type of stuff. But but, yeah, the NIL thing is changing. I mean, this is, the I think, the best example of, of how it's going to go for these type of guys. And. I wonder in the future, even though we just talked about how much we hate speculating, let me speculate here. Um, if any other big time recruits are going to look at, or big time players in college basketball are going to look at the Hunter Dickinson situation and go, well, I wasn't thinking, not this year, but in, in the future, I wasn't thinking of leaving. But now I know that if I put my name into the market, I know I can get a million. Like now I know I can get a million if I put my name into the market. And honestly, this week, you still have a week right now to enter your name into the transfer portal. It wouldn't be shocking to me if someone is someone at around Hunter Dickinson's level goes, well, shoot, if Hunter Dickinson's getting a million, I can at least get 500. I'm not, my school's only getting me 100. You know, I, I might as well toss it in there and see if I can't get any, uh, any hits. So um, that's the really interesting part to me because he's only going to be at the whatever school he transfers to for a year, right? I think we all are understanding of that. So it is obviously extremely interesting once he picks his school like you're saying to figure out how that's going to change the landscape of college basketball the conference whatever um but it's it's still only for just a year so that's that's kind of the other interesting term is it's almost like uh it's almost like if i may it's almost like the aaron Rodgers situation where it's like yeah if you guys want to trade all this shit for a guy that might only play for one year like be you know be my guest go ahead so um I yeah I, I guess it's not even really worth talking about like what would happen if he went to a certain school because there's still so many more moving parts that are that have to that are going to happen even just in the next week. Yeah, and those are conversations I think for when we get closer to the season and as things play out in the off season and as rosters start to construct and as we honestly let me be frank get more serious about the content that we're talking about here on this program. But I do want to speculate on something else regarding his decision. But before I do that, the thing with Hunter Dickinson to me that I suppose is the most interesting thing, but also the most perplexing thing to me is that he is a villain. Sometimes like people hate his attitude. People didn't like the ski mask thing 
um, that he did this past off season. He's not very much liked in opposing gyms, especially in Wisconsin. Certainly he's had a beef with Maryland, even though they're on his target list. And of course, Michigan state, but when you hear Hunter Dickinson talk, like when you hear him on his podcast, he's just a soft-spoken, honestly, he's kind of a bland white guy. But yet he is he does have that villain aspect to him. And of course, the NIL thing is huge. He's a great player. But there is this weird aura surrounding Hunter Dickinson that I don't understand how we got to this point. Because if you actually listen to him and you hear him talk, he's just this soft-spoken kind of bland white guy. Uh, but he's also a villain. So I'm, I'm having t- trouble juxtaposing the two. There's your million-dollar word for the day, Taylor. I love it. Um, we've got corollary and juxtaposition so far here today. I like that. Yeah, I, I think he's you know got some antics on the court a little bit. You know, It's almost like not to the same degree, but because we were talking about the NBA. I mean, Draymond off, off the court is like a pretty legitimately – like not regular person, but he's not nearly he's has kids and is a dad. And like, you know, it's, I see what you're you, saying. Don't, you don't think about it like that. Right. But then he's on the court and he's a psychopath. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely not to that extreme, but sometimes some people, when the lights are on, they're, they're good at being the villain and that's a role they play. If anyone watched, uh, the, the PGA tour documentary, the full swing documentary that they did, uh, on Netflix, that was pretty big earlier this year, a guy named Ian Poulter, He's the English guy who's always on the match play. Uh, he's kind of the thorn in everyone's side. He's had crazy hair, all this for years. He's always been like just a Ryder Cup, you know, villain to Americans. And then so they do this documentary about him. He's like, yeah, just kind of like a dad and plays golf with his kids. And, you know, and he's still kind of like a arrogant British guy. But, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's not really that big of an asshole. He just plays an asshole on TV essentially. So it's kind of, I think uh, similar to those situations where it's like, yeah, this guy knows how to get things going riled up when he's inside the arena, the man in the arena. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, he's off the court. He's probably like pretty average. I would imagine. I mean, all of the teams that he's considering going to, he makes them a pretty viable contender. Some more so than the other. I mean, we're talking national championship contender. When you talk about Kansas and Kentucky talking about Georgetown, who could, vie for an NCAA tournament berth, Syracuse as well. Those two schools haven't gotten there in a while. Um, Maryland's already been in the tournament, so I guess their ceiling could go up to like Sweet 16, Elite 8. And then Villanova, we never really saw them healthy last year. But it is interesting that he's got a lot of young coaches on this list, right? Or I should say fresh coaches in different spots, right? Kyle Neptune's only going to be in his second year. Syracuse has a first-year head coach after Bayheim leaves. Cooley's been doing this for a while, but he's in a new place. So it's all uh, it's all very interesting. And then even Kevin Willard, right? Kevin Willard's only going to be entering year two at Maryland. So, Taylor, what I want to do, uh, like I said, not from really an X's and O's perspective, but rather what do you think would be the funniest outcome uh, in terms of storyline, you know, in terms of – what can we have the most fun with where Hunter Dickinson uh, ends up? And again, you know, we're, we're talking Nova, Maryland, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, Georgetown, Syracuse. Like what, what would provide the most theater you think? Um, I would say Georgetown or Syracuse just simply because those schools are so like in flux right now. 
with new, just like you said, with new coaches. And like, I have no confidence in the future of Syracuse basketball. I think we've talked about that for a long time. Um, But instantly getting a guy like Hunter Dickinson makes you definitely viable for next year and might actually whatever, you know, help produce a better recruiting class and maybe keep them viable and, you know, kind of a a bridge season um, as Bayheim less and kind of same, same with Georgetown. I mean, they're terrible, terrible. And for him to go to a school like Georgetown would be a a completely like earth shattering uh, type of uh, addition for their team next year. You know, Nova, Maryland, especially I should say Nova, Kansas and Kentucky. It's like, Okay, we know that those teams are going to be good, whether Hunter Dickinson is there or not. It would be kind of funny if he went back to Michigan, though, after all of this. I think that would probably be the funny, maybe not the funniest, but it would be pretty funny. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think Georgetown or, or or Syracuse, just simply because they're trash, essentially, at this point, and all of a sudden they would become like legitimate. They want to be national title, title contenders, but they would be probably conference, uh, you know, top three type of contenders. Yeah, and looking at this list, I think for me, the the least desirable in terms of storylines and what I could have the most fun with, I'm going to start with Kansas because Bill Self won't tolerate any BS. He's going to be really effective for them, and Kansas is just going to be another Final Four threat. They're probably going to win the Big 12, and they're probably going to uh, go to the NCAA tournament as a one seed. So there's really no fun there. All right, I, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what's going to happen there in Kansas. There's uh, there's just no storyline. Kentucky, hang on, let me get back to Kentucky. Um, Cuse, yeah, I'm with you. There's no, I don't know, I don't, I don't have much juice for for Syracuse. Uh, Georgetown would be kind of cool, I think, with him and Ed Cooley. That would be the best big Ed Ed's had uh, in his career. So I think that'd be really neat. I think for me that my favorite though. What I really want to happen, I want him to go to Maryland, I think, because it would completely make him a hypocrite for all of the chip on the shoulder. And I hate Maryland because they didn't recruit me out of high school, but four years later, they're calling on me. It's it's like Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. And so Mike Jones is saying, look, I don't want him now. Who? Yeah. My guy. <laughs> Who? And now <laughs> we've got Hunter Dickinson. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. And now we got Hunter Dickinson. He's he's saying the same thing. He's like, now I'm hot. They're all on me. And he's like, oh, thank you. It's like he's he's never he, he's not he's not truly upset at Maryland uh, for spurning him out of high school. So I think that would be funny. But also, he'd play Michigan. He'd stay in the same conference. I wonder what type of reception he would get in the Chrysler Center. Uh, I wonder what type of reception he would get from like Jawan Howard. And Jawan Howard, I think, is a player's coach. He's a he is a great guy, but we've seen him uh, hold grudges before, for sure. I think with adults, maybe less so uh, actual kids, because I think Jawan Howard has has enough maturity for that. But that interaction, like, how would the fan base welcome him to uh, a Maryland Michigan game if that were on the calendar? So I think Maryland's probably the most fun for me, uh, and then very slightly behind that, Kentucky. Sure, I know what we would get with him, but him and Calipari would be two of the biggest personalities in college basketball together. I think it would be awesome. I think we would, we would see some funny sound bites or hear some funny sound bites. Obviously, you know, if it, if it goes awry and they stink, 
with that fan base, we could we could see an epic meltdown from Big Blue Nation. But of course, the sport's better when Kentucky's good. I don't I don't hate Kentucky. So if they are good and Calipari and and Hunter are at the forefront of a Final Four team, which we haven't talked about Kentucky as a Final Four team in quite some time. Uh, I think Kentucky would be a lot of fun as well. So I think Maryland and Kentucky are my two most desirable landing spots there for uh, for Hunter Dickinson. And Cal wouldn't be able to use this. They're, they're just kids. It's like, no, this guy, this guy's not just a kid. All right. He's been, he's been around the block a little bit, but um, this is going to be a potentially dumb question that I probably should know as the co-host of a college basketball podcast. Uh, there's a big 10. They now do guaranteed. Everybody plays twice, right? Not sure. We I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember. Well, the, all the conferences have changed so damn much if every in our lifetime, in our college basketball fanhood every conference has changed 17 different times so um yeah i just want to make sure that maryland would actually go to michigan to play you know they would play somewhere obviously you know every team does play each other but i i can't remember if they have a a, an equal schedule where they play two and two or one and one i I should say so let me i'll put our crack uh, research staff on that real quick here (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i i just think that matchup would be a lot of fun and at the very least i feel like we you know maybe we see them in the big 10 tournament as well play each other but i i want to see him in maryland and if not maryland i want to see him down there in kentucky because i guarantee like this is what i mean you made the corollary to draymond he jumps on round ball pod after a terrible loss and discusses it Big Blue Nation is going to be, I mean, you're going to be getting the old crotchety Big Blue Nation fans saying he needs to spend less time podcasting and get in the gym. He needs to work on a shot, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't wish that upon a non-professional. I mean, he look, we joke about Calipari. He is a kid, but he's putting himself out in the spotlight, and there is no bigger spotlight than Lexington, Kentucky. So Hunter Dickinson. Uh, looking forward to that, but again, like I, I'm not, I'm not wasting my breath over it. I'm not, I'm not waiting with bated breath. Uh, I am going about my off season as as I normally would. You just came from Cabo. I should probably go on vacation. Hunter Dickinson, wherever you go, best of luck. Uh, I'm sure we'll make a storyline out of it somehow. Personnel changes continuing, Taylor, but at the professional level, and I'm talking colleges. I kind of want to play a little game here. I want to go through. Uh, some of the schools that have made some coaching changes and I'll, I'll I'll name the schools that are bigger names or names that we're a little familiar with, or the, the player or excuse me, the coach is gone. Let me start with Cal. You remember earlier this season, Taylor, I went on an absolute rant about how there needs to be more juice for Cal Berkeley. And of course, Mark Fox is gone. Mark Madsen is in, he's already got Fardaz Amick. He's got some other folks coming in. I think he's offered pretty much the entire country, but I love that. Mark Matson is has really reinvigorated Cal, and it's not easy or not hard to do considering they were pretty much dead. But Mark or Mark Matson there at Cal. Um, the game I want to play though, did you know that Juan Dixon is no longer at Coppin State? Did you know that? Uh no. <laughs> no. I wasn't paying attention to what the homie Juan was doing. They don't have a successor just yet. Um, you remember who uh, who who replaced Josh Passner at Georgia Tech? Oh boy, 
Jared Jack. No, I, oh, Damon Sodomar. Damon Sodomar. Damon Sodomar. <laughs> Correct. Honestly, Damon. not not that dissimilar of a of an answer, Damon Sodomar to Jared Jack. Just kind of hilarious. I mean, when in doubt, go with the legendary former player. Right. Just go to yeah. Exactly. Iona, who replaced Rick Pitino. I'm really, mm. bra- I'm really putting you on the spot here. Man. I you still I got vacation brain. I can't. Yeah, I just landed like six hours ago. <laughs> I still, I still, I'm still sweating Corona right now. Um, oh boy, I can't. I forget that one. Who's another guard that played for it? Momo Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Tobin Anderson, fresh. Oh off yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, arguably the biggest upset ever. Oh um, man, that's on me. Let's see here. Who else? I, I forgot that my one week of caring about Tobin had had gotten l- longer now. So hey, I DM Tobin. Didn't get back to me, but hopefully it's still Damn. sitting in his DMs. Damn. Future future friend of the future friend of the program. Let's yeah. call it that way. I like that. Uh, Mike Bray left Notre Dame, and we talked to Rocco Miller about this a couple weeks ago. But he is now joining the Atlanta Hawks coaching staff. So who replaced him at Notre Dame? Taylor. Your boy. Right, He's sharp. Well, I'm say the name. Say the name. Yeah, Micah Shrewsbury. Yes, that's correct. And you are a Micah Shrewsbury guy through and through. You hate me, I hate you. <laughs> Who replaced Micah Shrewsbury at Penn State? Ooh, I definitely don't know that one. Mike Rhodes from VCU. I think Mike Rhodes is a really good coach. Penn State's kind of hit on their last couple coaches since uh, Pat Chambers. I yeah, I really. Uh, I really like that Madsen one, though. I mean, just the sto- well, I'm just saying the storyline of him going because I mean, I didn't even bring up that he's a Stanford guy. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the big the big game, you know, Stanford Cal, and so the fact that he uh, that he has uh, gone across the bay um, to Haas Pavilion, which I was trying as we were doing this segment, I was trying to f- uh, uh, figure out what the uh, attendance was at Haas Pavilion last year. Uh, on average, I can't imagine it was more than like 2,000 people per game. I mean, that's, it's probably the worst home crowd of any um, of any high major D1 school in the country, I, w- I would imagine. I, if someone has a better answer than that, I would love to hear it. But um, they, they probably have the worst. Like Oregon State makes them look – or they make Oregon State look like VA Haas Arena, San Diego State, the show. I mean, it's like that. That's how big it makes it look like Cameron Indoor. It's crazy how how bad Cal basketball attendance is. Would you rather go to an A's game or a Cal basketball game? And your favorite teams aren't playing as the opposition. Oh, I've been to an A's game. It's so it's so funny too, Taylor, because if almost nine and a half times out of ten, if someone says these are sporting event tickets for free, do you want to go? I'll say yes. If someone on a Tuesday, Wednesday night offered me Cal basketball last year or A's tickets this year, I'd probably decline and be like, it's a school night. I don't want to do this. Okay. Here, I'm going to, I'm going to defend myself for not knowing some of these teams and sound or coaches or where they went and sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to bring that back by saying Cal averaged 2,100 fans at last, uh, last year. The lowest attendance uh, of uh, any um, 
any high major D1 school in the country. So, hey, look at that. I guess I can blind squirrel every so often, I guess. So, but yeah, I mean, it, they'll average at least 2,400 with Madsen now on year one. I mean, he's got a really good player. I, I could not say that under Mark Fox. I don't know if Matt Bradley was under Mark Fox. He was there at Cal, but like he wasn't, he, he had to develop into the final four player that, Matt Bradley ended up being it for San Diego State. It's just it's just nice to see Cal because when we were in school, they were really good, man. They had some Pac-12 players of the year. Gutierrez, uh, Max yeah. Yang, was it? I like yeah. Mac, um, Max Yang, excuse me. Um, Jerome Randall, Patrick Christopher. Shoot, Jalen Brown, right? Yeah. I mean, these guys were good, man, and I want them to be good. And, and you know, it's funny. You mentioned Stanford. Uh, that sink is, is, uh, or excuse me, that ship is sinking yeah. Harrison Ingram gone. I don't know why they brought back Jared Haas, especially with Madsen on, on the table. Um, who was the other guy that went to Cal? Um, he was like a five-star recruit, but he never, it was probably like 10 years ago. Um, ah, what was his name? Um, shoot. Uh, Ivan Rab, Ivan Rab, remember him? He was like yeah. a, the number one, like a f- top five player in the country, and he went to Cal, and he ended up being like okay there, but never heard from him again after that. I don't about Ivan Rab. I don't understand why players do that. I mean, he he played for the Oakland Soldiers AAU team, I think. So I think and he was a you know hometown kid. But I mean, their their president essentially came out, I think it was a couple years ago and said, we don't give a fuck about athletics pretty much. And it's all like, why would you ever want to go to a school that like they're they're openly telling you we don't really give a shit about the fact that you guys are playing shooty hoops? Um, There's a lot I could say about why that why that's like that. This is not a topic for that podcast, this podcast. But um, yeah, I I don't know why you would go to the school. No, Mark Madsen, I get like why you would want to be a coach there because money still is money. Right. And you're in one of the most fertile recruiting areas of the country and it's a big name. So I get that. But as a player, when, when everyone above you is like, ah, we don't really care about you. Uh, that's not, that's not a good sign for me, but I got way off topic of where the new coaches are at. So continue on. No, that's fine. I, I'm just glad there's some energy brought to Cal, uh, Providence Ed Cooligan who replaced him. Yeah. I forget that one too. <laughs> People are going to say that you don't know shit by the way. I probably look. It's it's tough. I'm and I feel bad putting you on the spot, but you're a good sport, Kim English. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kim mm-hmm. English, uh, South Florida. This is a toughie, but I'll give you a hint. Uh, Brian Gregory is out, and a conference tournament winner replaced him for the first time ever. They were conference tournament champions. Ooh, 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 for South Florida. Uh hyphenated name it is that's i can't remember who it is now his brother's a great nba or was a great nba player it's amir abdul rahim uh uh-huh, uh-huh. i knew it was yeah 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 uh-huh. from kennesaw uh-huh. state uh-huh. yeah the saw uh-huh. another one of your another one of your schools yes absolutely you were big, big kennesaw guy this year i was mark adams the accountant out at texas tech his replacement came from a texas school though let's see Oh, uh, uh, Grant McCaslin. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 There you go. We got it. See, I, I just want to make sure we're we're brushing up a little. I don't expect you to be sharp. Again, it's May. This is when Rothstein says we can sleep. So this is just totally. You know, some light cardio. Just some light cardio. Well, here's the interesting part. This uh, of going way back to the Hunter Dickinson thing. Those players are now. Those situations are grabbing the headlines or taking up just as much of the headlines as coaching changes are in a, in a lot of ways. So now you're getting you're getting twice as much information about what's happening in college basketball, but there's, there's only, there's not twice as many people covering the sport, you know? And so when it comes to this time of year, when the college basketball media goes on vacation to Cabo, for example, (laughs) you know, like there's twice as much information that you have to, uh, that you have to take in here, you know? So I'm defending, I'm defending myself. Actually, this is the one time I'm ever going to defend college basketball media members. (laughs) <laughs> is that okay there is a little more going on than normal at this time of year or a little more to monitor you know let's put it that way so i mean it's it's impossible to keep up with all of the transfer news and who's put their name in the portal and i try and retweet quote tweet with news that i think is impactful but i swear to god it Every single time there's transfer news, it's like, there's a big get, it's a big loss, blah, blah, blah. It's like, not every single one of these players is going to hit for their new team. Let me tell you. All right. That's why they left in the first place. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, were- and there's such a thing as addition by subtraction. Some of these teams are going to get better because uh, th- that player transferred and they elevated a freshman or a sophomore or someone who didn't get as much PT. For every uh, uh, Hunter Dickinson, there's, you know, a hundred. Dewan Clayton's or whatever, you know, that are just like also Cal reference right there. But you know, where it's like, who the fuck's Dewan Clayton? You know, like th- th- there's there's way too much to to cover in that regard. Actually, you know why you hate recruiting? That now that I well, we're on this subject real quick. Have you heard of this guy, um, um, Rashad Marshall? He's a four star oh, guy. So. He just committed to Ole Miss. Um, this is his third commitment in the last uh, three months, I think two months he committed to he, he originally committed to uh kermit davis and then now twice to chris beard so he's committed and decommitted to the same school three times in the last in the last like couple months <laughs> i don't even hate that like again i am all for like i don't know these kids personally so obviously i'm, I'm rooting for them from a general perspective but whatever happens to them i like at the end of the day this is going to sound really bad i guess but i don't give a shit like i'm not losing sleep over the fact that mikey williams got a, a charge right or wh- whatever it is like i th- it's a it's a tragic silly decision and and you know hopefully he matures from this but i just don't care enough for what these kids do like whatever happens happens that is my lo- that is my mantra of life and so that's kind of the same thing with hunter dickinson i don't care what he ends up doing i care about it once it happens because then it impacts what we right. discuss which is here exactly on this what, and this is a perfect example of why you don't you're not I mean, I, I, it, you know it's 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 part of it but it mostly is like having to see oh my god this guy is going to be a huge impact blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like did the last one i can remember that maybe exceeded expectations was nasty as paulo bancaro right Paolo Bancaro led his team to a final four. Brandon Miller was awesome, but I don't remember his name bubbling up this much. And if it was, he didn't go to a final four. Uh, but, and again, look, I understand recruits are important, but 
I, I am way more into like a Hunter Dickinson, or if we go with Bama, who who, who did Arizona just get? Jaden Bradley, mm-hmm. who's on the All SEC freshman team. I think great get, soup, huge get, man. Look, it's <laughs> it it moves me a little bit more than some kid who's coming from high school. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, dude, this guy's gonna change the roster, bro. <sighs> God, it's, yeah, that's what happens when you read the message boards too much. Everyone just wants the new shiny thing. No one wants to develop. No one wants to take two years to to see a guy. Uh, get to a, a position where he's impactful. It's like, no, 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 he sucked because he had a bad stretch uh, from February to April. God damn. Let's get rid of one one shitty guard and let's bring in someone else's shitty guard that they wanted to get rid of too, you know, And but that's going to make us better. Don't worry. Yeah, but it's a shiny new toy, Taylor. That's exactly, I mean, it's literally like giving my three-year-old nephew like, oh, here's a new car and he just doesn't give a shit about the other one forever and it's just sitting in his toy box. So... We'll see. Um, let's let's round it out, though. I, I won't quiz you anymore because we want to wrap this up. But uh, Utah State has Danny Sprinkle from Montana State. He comes over to Utah State. You want to talk about a team like Penn State. A lot of states. Good Lord. Like mm-hmm. Penn State, Utah State has made some really good hires over the last couple of years. I love Danny Sprinkle, mostly because a lot of the – a lot of the assistant coaches that we've had on, namely Anthony Santos and Jeremy Pope, have dropped Danny Sprinkle's name as a huge influence on them. And we saw what he did with Montana State. I'm excited to see what he does with the Aggies. I'm not going to call him Utah State State Overload. Uh, Valpo, Roger Powell. This is one of those deals where it kind of makes you feel old. I remember watching Roger Powell in Illinois rip the heart out of Arizona in the Elite Eight, and now he is on the sidelines there. Uh, for Valpo comes from that great Zags bench. I think he's going to find success and hopefully we see success for Valpo Uh, VCU. We already tossed out the name Mike Rhodes because he's at Penn state. Ryan Odom came over from Utah state. Ryan Odom, another very good coach. I don't think VCU is going to miss a beat there in the a 10, but those are some of the big names. And then actually another name that I really like, so Rick Stansberry is now at Memphis, former head coach for Western Kentucky. Steve Lutz succeeds him. He is the head coach for Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I believe two straight NCAA tournament appearances. I, I'm excited to see uh, Steve Lutz and what he can do with a little bit more resources there, Taylor. So those are the movers and shakers. Obviously, we spent a lot of time on Hunter Dickinson, but had to touch on the coaches too. You know who Texas A&M Corpus Christi should bring in as an assistant coach? Hang on. This is, I've made this reference several times in the last, uh, not even this this calendar. A basketball year. player? Mm-hmm. Who is a Tamu Corpus Christi basketball player that I should know? I'm assuming it's their most famous alum. It's, uh, I mean, it's not, but it's not like there's a really high bar for that. Uh, Garland Judkins. Oh, yes. Former Some- <laughs> Arizona and Texas A&M Corpus Christi legend. Some say he he built the foundation, you know, for Steve Lutz. He built a foundation that Tommy Lloyd has sits on right now. Really, you know. One day we'll do the Sweet Jeffrey Sixteen Bears. appearance. <laughs> That's right. Got absolutely obliterated by Louisville, right? And and forty eight year old Earl Clark. Edgar Sosa, Smarto Samuels. All right. Yeah, we're just chatting. But uh, <laughs> Taylor, it's great to have you back, man. Welcome back from vacation. We'll uh, Look, I'm going to continue to try and get more guests so you guys don't have to hear us ramble. But sometimes you got to you gotta bite the bullet. All right? Sometimes you got to eat your vegetables. You got to eat the Brussels sprouts. It's not going to be filet mignon every single night, right? What did we do? We had, we had food at home, Taylor. 
and we made like our expulsion and we made maybe not a five star meal, but we made a meal and we ate. We did forget uh, a women's transfer, uh, you know, even though that's not the normal topic of our podcast. Um, uh, old girl from Louisville, Haley Van so, Lith. Yeah. Oh, to, her, to LSU. Her and Angel Reese. Yeah, to to LSU. So that's yeah, right. that's that's yeah. So come on, that's notable right there, man. You don't think people don't think we we cover every little bit of the college basketball world? Come on, that's that's big time news. Honestly, almost as big of news as Hunter Dickinson was there for like at least two hours when it was announced that this was happening because it got replayed for like um the the line uh situation got replayed like a thousand times. Hey, I'll tell you this much, man. Angel Reese with with her uh with her shit talking and her I don't because I don't want people to think that I I didn't like it or I'm labeling it as bad I loved it I loved it Haley Van Lith uh she trash talks as well so combining those two with a Kim Mulkey who I think everyone hates in the entire country right it's there's more fireworks there at LSU than wherever Hunter Dickinson goes she's absurd Kim Mulkey her outfits and just uh, the whole deal is just absurd also Talk about like just, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this as the fact that she's a woman and a woman's coach, but talk about just like laying your dick on the table and being like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm leaving and then I'm just going to go win a national championship at another school, pretty much. Like, yeah, big time. But yeah, thank you. That's all I had. That's all I had to say. I'm just trying to offend as many people towards the end of this podcast (laughs) as possible. Shout out Haley Van Lith, Hunter Dickinson, all the coaches we just chatted about. We'll catch you next time here on theater and college hoops.